This is the episode where we're talking about the Batman. That's right. Everything we loved, some things we loved less, and real world takes on the movie's disasters. That's coming up on After Five. Welcome to the After Five Podcast, the perfect time for catching up on video games, music, movies, and TV after work. I'm Landon. And I'm Hans. Hans, riddle me this. What's black, badass, and hides under the cover of night? Oh, that's easy. Uh, undercover Brother? Uh, no, we're going to no, be reviewing no, Undercover the, Brother, the movie, right? No, that's right? not what we're... No, I was, oh. I was actually hoping you'd say Catwoman, who oh. is also oh, in oh. The Batman. Oh, uh, that's, that's what we're reviewing today. Okay. Yeah, that little movie, okay. which you've seen, uh, uh, what, maximum of 100 times? Only only six times, just because it's three hours long. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, I had know. to I had to hold back a little bit, you know. But <laughs> yeah, you got to be uh, you got to show some some restraint, some self restraint. Yeah, there. of course. <laughs> well, if you haven't guessed it today, uh, we'll be talking about the Caped Crusader himself and the brand new Batman movie. Excuse me, the Batman movie. The Batman, uh, yes. starring uh, Robert Pattinson, uh, Jeffrey Wright, uh, Zoe. Kravitz and a few other Paul Dano and yeah. uh, and uh, who played Penguin um, Colin Farrell Colin Farrell yes. yeah a couple other small small cast members uh, to help us talk about all the action we have a very special guest here today who's going to help us cover all the the actual uh, aspects of the disasters that take place in the movie he's a real subject matter expert in real emergency and disaster management John Scardina welcome John Hello, hello, hello. I just realized <laughs> I watched the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger, so it should be oh, about the same, though, oh, right? <laughs> no, no, this is going to work out. It's the um, only so Batman movie. Yeah. We, we didn't talk that about a movie that would be a disaster. Uh, we, meant, <laughs> we wanted to cover the disasters in the movie. Exactly. Oh, shoot. You know, well, when Bane, like, Pumps himself up in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Better chill. <laughs> yeah. The quote Arnold Red. You chill. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Excited to be here. Yeah. I know I've only scratched the surface of your resume. It's, it's far more extensive than mm. anything I've said. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit more about who you are, where you come from, what you do, what you're working on, all that good stuff. I was born of goodly parents on May 15th. Sorry. Uh, maybe no, not that so, far back. Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> My parents fell in love. Uh, no, so <laughs> much better. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you're you're welcome. So, uh, yeah, I am a professional emergency and disaster manager. Emergency manager. I have been in the field for about 15 years. Uh, most of my experience is in catastrophic response. We call that Type One for our people who may know what that is, but that's basically the worst of the worst. I served on the national strike team, uh, several federal agencies, and. Uh, I am now a recovering federal guy by uh, running my own company called Doberman Emergency Management. And we focus a lot more on the, uh, the technology side. We, we get into really like deep analytics of response and uh, mitigating uh, response. And uh, with that, I get to host a couple podcasts, one of which you guys have been on on Movie R. 
Spoilers. The action review. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> but we also have a, you know, that's a fun one where we talk about disasters in movies and kind of make fun of movies. But we also have a pretty serious one called Disaster Tough. It's about uh, making tough calls. And I interview other experts. And so if somebody wants to get into emergency services or emergency management, I would uh, direct them to that podcast. Um, we have a pretty good following, about 20,000 monthly listeners. So, yeah. Uh, I think that covers everything besides my favorite ice cream, which is, ooh, this month, uh, cookie dough. I'll go <laughs> with cookie point, dough for the sake of yourself, and I appreciate that. <laughs> it know, saves us some Hold work. on one second. I'll be back in five minutes, okay? What's your favorite ice cream? <laughs> hold on. Yeah, so for a long story short, long story long, I've been in the field for a while, and I'm super excited to be on you guys' uh, show. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're honored to have you. We uh, appreciate you uh, agreeing to come on. So as we may have kind of touched on a little bit, this episode, we're going to be focusing on the Batman. Uh, Hans and I will be taking our normal approach of just kind of talking about what we liked, what we didn't like about it, etc. And uh, John's going to come at it from his emergency manager perspective and tell us all the things that they did stupidly in the movie. So uh, that's actually <laughs> not true. I'm also uh, I'm a certified Batmanologist. Um, I have okay. a whole room of Batman action figures and comic books. So um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty up there too with the uh, the degree wise of Batman. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm up there in the imaginary degrees, right? <laughs> There's a lot of people in my field to get a certified emergency manager and basically they submit a form saying they've been doing it for a few years and it's like a stupid test and then they feel like amazing and I'm like, ah, that's, that's kind of where you're at. But no, I'm super impressed. You got the action. They're like, I have read all about it. I have done nothing in field, but I've read so much about what to possibly do theoretically, you know. that That is like verbatim what they say, which is hilarious. Why don't we jump right in? Hans, why don't you uh, why don't you give us a little overview of, of your thoughts on on the Batman? Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously, I uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I know every time a new Batman is cast, there is always controversy on who it is. Um, everyone can't envision it. They're like that guy, really? Like Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> all of them were just like him. Christian Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale. Like you never thought, you know, he was from the the Machinist. And he lost a ton of weight. You're like him. Um, and all of them, I feel, yeah. have uh, managed mm -hmm. to meet our expectations for the most part, other than George Clooney and Val Kilmer. But, you know, um, <laughs> I think some people are OK with Val Kilmer, but um, I, I loved it. I see I saw it six times. Um, and I what I loved about it is it felt like the first real Batman movie, like straight up Batman movie. But yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, we're going to get definitely more into it. Uh, yeah. John, what were some of your pros? Yeah, I mean, I actually, I was a big fan of Batman Begins back in the day. I felt yeah. like after the star-strutted um, Batman with Arnold Schwarzenegger and George Clooney, that they, they really made it, at the time, I felt incredibly realistic. I was like, okay, like they're showing how this could have happened. The same thing with this Batman movie. But actually, from the most of the disasters, there was one event that I was like, okay, never going to happen. But for most of the events coming out of the shadows and scaring the guys who are trying to hurt somebody, getting the job done by interviewing somebody out in the middle of nowhere and uh, the chaos that ensues from that, all that stuff I felt was plausible and uh, entertaining, uh, entertaining enough where I wasn't like, uh, what? And I think that's a really good call out for a movie that has to be comic booky, has to be cartoony, but 
pulls it back into saying like, hey, this is maybe how this guy could have done this. And I, I mean, talk about domestic terrorism. I mean, there's so many things that they covered. And yeah, I was a big fan of overall how they did it. Um, yeah, I mean, I could talk on all day about uh, the data. One cool thing that I thought um, is they really looked at it and said, okay, we want to make we want to make a movie that's like seven Chinatown, uh, the big sleep, you know, that detective mm. noir. It had that almost like Blade Runner feel too, which kind of was trying to do the same mm. thing. Um, and I, I love how they did that. And it's funny because with Batman over the years, um, Joel Schumacher did, you know, the cheesy version. Um, and a lot of the WB, uh, executives always said like, oh, it's, this is a movie for four-year-olds. You know, people have Batman underwear. We can't make it scary. <laughs> we can't go over the top. And that's also why like Tim Burton with Batman Returns kind of, they dialed it back and made it more goofy like the 1966 Batman. Yeah. But what, uh. Um, Christopher Nolan or Chris, yeah, Christopher Nolan did. Uh, I almost called him Chris, Christian Nolan. Uh, mixed <laughs> the names up, but what he did was such a crazy thing. He grounded it, and um, what yeah. I loved about this movie is I feel like it grounded it even more with detective work. Um, it felt a lot mm. in line with almost in the same universe as Joker. Um, so it, that was kind of cool. I, I liked them bringing that in there. Um, I, I thought that was just done very well, and I liked how it wasn't like. Batman's not like an over the top action all the all the time guy. And I like how he did, mm. you know, he's at the crime scene, he's checking it out. I feel there's been movies that he does that, but they never maybe he does it once and then he goes straight to action kind of thing. It's almost like he wasn't a detective first in those movies. And in this right. movie I feel like he was a detective first and then kind of a hero next, yeah. you know. That's a good point. And you can kind of see where he started too, but it was cool. Like, like he, even with the penguin, like when he went after him in that, that car chase, like he chose, found the wrong guy. Um, yeah, it was just really mm. cool. I loved how they brought in influences too, where they made the Riddler less like Jim Carrey wearing like a leotard. And it was, uh, <laughs> it was more like the Zodiac. There's nothing killer. wrong with that. Yeah. 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 But it was like, they brought in the Zodiac killer. Like even what was cool. If, if you guys seen the, uh, the Zodiac killer movie, um, like the double consonants, they were looking at the the cipher and that's how they mm -hmm. kind of found the word drive in that. So they kind of pulled from, from that real life thing. Uh, he had yeah. the glasses outside of the mask, like the Zodiac killer did. Um, oh, so, interesting. So, and the cool thing that I just found out was uh, he had the same clear glasses that Jim Carrey had on uh, when he was <laughs> Edward Nashton, wow. you know, from that. So no way. I love how they pretty cool. usually, they kind of fused everything together and, but it actually worked, which was kind of cool. So you, it's funny how you talk about the Zodiac killer from a movie standpoint. I'm I, I like literally studied that. Um, and, oh, yeah. and people have so many people have looked at that. So it's just funny, like the different perspectives of, uh, of even to that detail, you know, when yeah. you're, when you're thinking about Batman and you're thinking about this stuff, like I mentioned, Batman begins, Batman begins was great for like how it could have happened. But the next two movies, I actually felt like the Joker would like would have never happened in a million years, and definitely not Bane. But that yeah. movie, I was like, okay. But I I agree with you. Like the detective aspect, detectives get it wrong a lot. It doesn't mean that they're stupid or incompetent. It means that there's a, so much data to pull in from. And I love that he went back into the Batcave, took off the eyes. Sounds weird, but was like <laughs> looking through the data, was looking at yeah. images, looking at pictures, writing down notes talking to Alfred, you use stakeholders, you have to have a team behind the scenes, uh, whether that's computer analyst or that's individuals who un understand crime. And I love the 
forensic, you know, al- aspect of, uh, you know, being a detective in this, you know, I thought that was phenomenal actually. Yeah. yeah you guys keep talking about like how, it, how grounded it is. And I, I completely agree. I feel like, uh, another piece of it is like, it, it almost feels more practical, you know, like I think Nolan did a great job of sort of grounding it a little bit and making it feel very action, very Hollywood. I think Hans, you and I kind of talked about this a little bit after, yeah. after we watched it. Um, but, you mm-hmm. know, it, it had like a very high action Hollywood feel to it. And this one just felt very um, almost like you're, you know, experiencing it from the perspective of like a pedestrian or somebody just like kind of on the street. You know, you're seeing yeah. all of this stuff that he's doing. The biggest problem that I've always had with Batman movies is they're afraid of using Batman in the movie. Um, like, for example, he's in mm. maybe it feels like he's in Batman himself is in maybe a third of the movie, if that. Uh, maybe even a quarter of the movie. Like if you Batman begins, he becomes Batman at the very end. And then Dark Knight, he's Batman every once in a while. Uh, and Dark Knight Rises, he stops being Batman for seven years. And then he he puts on the Batman suit, his back gets broken, and then he comes back again. And so he's Batman maybe for like 15 minutes in that movie, which yeah. that, that one, I, I hate Bat, uh, Dark Knight Rises. That's my probably one of my least favorite Batman movies. I, I did appreciate how this one, it, like Joker, it's you felt like you were in the room with them 90% of the time. And they didn't. And what I appreciated, too, is if you notice, they didn't do flashbacks. They didn't do any flashbacks. Um, they they use dialogue to tell you things like no pearls yeah, and popcorn, no pearls and popcorn. Time. Right. Uh, <laughs> it didn't show it. They mentioned it, but they did it in a smart way. And I love how the Nirvana song, Something in the Way is playing and he turns it down himself manually and then mm. you know the news is on in the background talking about it was the same year like 20 years ago that oh his, yeah his family died that's um, cool and so they they managed to write it into the script in a way that doesn't hit mm. you over the head because i feel like a lot of executives would be like well we have to show it how would people know you're like it's literally happened every movie like how would people know yeah, yeah. what about yeah. the people who haven't seen batman just tell them to watch all like you know 12 movies or whatever you guys, you, you both of you have said this, said this word that I have not said yet. And I'm now I'm going to say the word is grounded. I, I actually don't feel like the movie is very grounded, but I think for the purposes of a Batman movie for a Batman slash superhero movie, it's totally grounded. Right. I really don't think the situation is going to play out the, the way that they played it out in the movie. But again, they're pulling in pieces of, okay, this is plausible. This could have happened. This could have happened. You know, actually, one of my favorite parts um, is when it's going to sound messed up, but when he's watching Catwoman and then he's totally sh- surprised or shocked when she goes down the the, uh, the fire escape and he's like, wait, what? I got to follow her. He's like, I thought I, I thought I was just going to watch her change clothes. Having yeah, a good time. A right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, OK, we really need to watch that. He's like, OK, now I'm really into her. But just like that surprise of like situations can develop in real time and they often do develop in real time. And so um, I I do think from a detective standpoint, he was, uh, wow, that was not the direction I would have taken, but he took a direction and it helped uh, in his investigation. So uh, I I think there's a a lot of good and bad there, but uh, overall, I think it was an amazing movie. Yeah. I think I, I totally get what you're saying. I think where I'm coming from, at least when I say grounded, is there was a lot of decisions that they made from like a filmmaking standpoint that helped Batman to feel mm. uh, a little more, you know, uh, relatable or realistic. Obviously, 
this Definitely. movie was not realistic whatsoever. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> the, even even little things like Bruce Wayne's, uh, you know, makeup like was still on his face when he yeah. took off his mask. Yeah, like, I love that. You know, little decisions like that. And that's the first Batman to have that happen too, which is crazy. Like they've never done that in film before, even though they've all had that on. Right. It makes you look back and think like, like what do these guys just have like wet wipes on them at all times yeah, and yeah. just like take off their mask <laughs> and like wipe off their eyes and then, yeah. you know, go about their business. But it was, just, it was like little things like that, that I really appreciated. Even like the fact that the Riddler was, he felt menacing and like, um, you know, like a trickster, but he didn't feel like over the top or like silly. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't the Jim yeah. Carrey Riddler with the cane. And he was definitely <laughs> a bruised Batman, a bruised Wayne. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a pun in there somewhere. Like he got beat up a little bit, and I think that's uh, I think that's a good thing. I, the Riddler, the Riddler persona for me was uh, this is kind of more of a uh, a slant, but like, they couldn't figure out what kind of terrorist he was, and mm. I'll be for good reason they don't study terrorists. But from a guy who studies terrorists and who has unfortunately been very close to those kind of situations. Like they went back and forth, like either he was uh, highly articulate and know what he wanted and he wanted Batman. He wanted to meet Batman. It was all about meeting Batman. I'm going to kill a bunch of people to meet Batman to all of a sudden I can lead a bunch of people and inspire a bunch of people to do this. That does actually doesn't really happen. It's usually one or the other. I want to inspire a bunch of people. And so I'm going to do stuff or I'm going to be a lone actor, a lone wolf. And maybe that's to the credit. I shouldn't say that the credit, the the <laughs> complexity of the Riddler, because he was able to be more complex than what we see in the real world. But that that uh, when he was inspiring others and that, and actually leading others, it's different to inspire others versus leading others. But when he's actually to the point of leading others, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, that's not going to happen. But like from an investigation standpoint, a domestic terrorist who keeps killing people and going back to the same location wants to watch it is, is getting excited by it by sharing with other people wanting to get caught. All those things actually lined up really well. You talked about the Zodiac killer. Now the one thing about the Zodiac killer is that, you know, we have a pretty good indication of who it is now, but I mean, he didn't want to get caught. His whole thing was that he thought he was smarter than everybody else, but he's going to burden hell forever for it. So uh, you can think about it from that perspective, but, when the Riddler killed the first guy, um, he basically stood on, sat on top of him and it was almost a weird kind of sexual thing where he was pulling the masking tape off. And so he, like, he had the heavy mm. breathing. And so you could kind of see like he, he got a lot of like satisfaction from the, the killing and all that. And yeah, uh, what one of the things that I, I, I know it's not from like a, uh, it's more of a movie perspective that I thought was cool about how the Riddler and the Batman, like he was the whole movie. He's concerned about being vengeance. And um, the Riddler was being vengeance too, but he took it to the next degree where Batman was like, mm. has an, if Batman didn't have his code, his no killing rule, um, then he would really be no different than the Riddler. Cause at the end, if he killed, you, you think about it, you're like, well, he killed all these bad guys. He really didn't kill anyone dirty. So he's kind of a vigilante, kind of good guy, like a punisher almost. And, but then I think what was cool about at the very, very end mm. where he went more terrorist, um, he just, it's like that thing when you keep lashing out for vengeance, um, ultimately you don't care who you hurt at the end. At first it's like you stop the people who hurt you. And then it's like, you're just trying to lash out at anyone. You know what I mean? Who you think could hurt you or kind of thing. So I, I liked how they kind of went that direction where they yeah. really, 
because they kind of were making him a little bit of a sympathetic character. And then they 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 got to the point where you're like, no, he's they're just shooting people and like trying to kill people who are trying to make a difference. The funny thing about uh, Batman and the Riddler and thinking about the Riddler, I like that. Uh, that's a great point, Hans. The like the reality of the situation is that like what we were saying is like it's complex, it's evolving, things evolve, uh, people's motives evolve. Uh, definitely, um, we've seen several active shooters where they get. Probably excited is the word that I would use on a uh, on a show like this, but they get excited. They there's a euphoric experience about murder, and um, you know they don't want confrontation. It's almost sexual, honestly. So uh, it, it it's really scary to think about. Um, but uh, you know the people like Batman in the world who want to want to stop that, and that's pretty exciting. The whole no killing thing, by the way, is a total joke. When he's like beating the guy like in his face <laughs> on concrete in the very oh, yeah. first scene in his yeah. metal arm. Yeah, that guy's dead. That That's a dead person that they, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like there's a, a common understanding among comic nerds that like, you know, there's a there's a gray, gray area there. You can, you like- can punch him at least four <laughs> times like the Batman game. <laughs> if it's explicit killing, you know, I always thought it was. Like Batman didn't use guns. I thought he like so right, when I was right. younger. I I never like consider like Batman doesn't kill. He just doesn't use guns to kill. Right. I thought he liked doing it up close and personal. Well, the, which is super the, messed funny, up. the funny thing is Michael Michael Keaton has killed like six people in Batman eighty nine. I mean it's funny how he just throws people in off buildings life? and oh yeah Michael Keaton serial killer straight up. You heard it first. I I loved Jeffrey Wright as Lieutenant Gordon yeah. in this movie. He was I so good. He was the perfect choice, uh, aka Commissioner Gordon. For those who uh, you know don't know, uh, him his... he, well, he wasn't commissioner yet. Well, I mean, you know, for those who don't know him by his oh, previous right. position, <laughs> but he did a great job. I, I will say the only thing that I felt was a little off was his and Batman's bromance felt a little, uh, but a little too see, close. I... I, I hear that, but at the same time, I love that that they did that because I hate having to have that trust build up every single Batman movie. And you're <laughs> like, fair. okay, we're we're starting over again, right? Okay, isn't there a save point we can start at? I mean, let's do that <laughs> instead. Yeah, they kind of they do have a at one point he's like, dude, I don't even know your name. So yeah, there is a little bit of a, a t- and he said, as I've been working with you for two years. True. So very true. I, don't know. I guess. From my perspective, I always got kind of like a frenemy vibe from those two. Like, uh, you know, they're they're like friendly, but you know, but in this in this movie, I always felt like uh, Lieutenant Gordon was like always sticking up for Batman, and he's like, "Wait, wait, wait yeah. shut mm-hmm. up, shut up!" Batman's talking, you know, and, and he punches uh, him in the face. <laughs> that's the best scene. I love that scene too, where he's like he's sticking up for Batman, and he's like hitting his chest, and like he's all. The- he's all, "How am I going to get out of here?" He's all, "Well, they're going to be really angry at you." He's all, "Well, you, you did punch me in the face." And he's like, wait, what? He's all, my keys are in my pocket. And he's like hitting him in the chest. Um, yeah. So, yeah. and then he punches him. And then I love that scene where he's all, man, he's like, you could have pulled that punch. And he goes, yeah. and Batman says, I did. Like in a super like emo gravelly way. It was done yeah. perfect. Well, on the, on the note of the, the gravelly voice too, I have to say that was another, you know, for lack of a better term, quote unquote grounded, you know, aspect yeah. that I really like too is, is. Robert Pattinson didn't feel like he was forcing the Batman voice. And yeah, I actually love that. Like, mm. I'm sure a lot of people are like, he didn't have the Batman voice, you know, but 
he it just felt, did though. It never felt like it was very he was subtle though. It, yeah. it wasn't he did Christian the, Bale over the top. Uh, no, no. Yeah, it was. Well, Christian Bale's character was all about theatrics. He wanted the theatrics of the character. This one is like yeah. vengeance. I'm angry. I'm going to lash out at everybody for ruining my life. Right. Emo but Batman. It's like emo Batman. Definitely emo Batman for a lot of reasons. But at the same time, he didn't really say much either. Like the, well, and I that's did notice that. I was like, that's the key. That's what Batman is. It's funny because Commissioner Gordon. Like, like even when he solved the first riddle about a liar, what does he do? A liar do when he, he dies, he lies still. He just goes, he mm. lies still. And then the, you know, the, the commissioner goes, what did he say? And then commissioner or Lieutenant Gordon, he explains it. And so Batman's never talking mm. a lot. He's just quiet. He's kind of, and he's that's never Batman. Like, hey, did you guys hear that? I said, yeah. uh, he lies still. Did, well, and, you guys- and, and that's the best part is like in the comic books, Batman usually just says, uh, like he just like mumbles or like uh, like he kind of just Grumbles. grunts a little bit like are yeah, you yeah. saying he's the um the witcher does the witcher move <laughs> no, into he, gotham he, is. Mm. he basically is the witcher mm. just like uh, it's the same character <laughs> but um, he doesn't use a gun either so that's true that's toss a coin to the batman guy, yeah <laughs> Toss a coin to your Batman. <laughs> I, I thought he did a great job. Uh, Patton Patterson did a great job. Like he stood up really tall when he was the Batman. And when he was, uh, when he was Bruce Wayne, he kind of spoke softly. He was hunched over all the time. So you could tell when he was the Batman, that was him coming alive. That was, and that's what I love too, is everyone, you know, everyone complained about Batman not being a playboy, but I'm like, that would have taken away the serious nature of this guy. Just completely just jacked up and, Man, I, I have a totally different view on that. Well, in, in Christian in Christian Bale's, uh, you know, Batman Begins, he was like angry when he was about to shoot Marconi. You know, remember when he was about to shoot him, but someone else shot him. Um, like he was just that angry, just dejected guy. And then, um, but he wasn't Batman at the same time. So I like that Batman is angrier and more vengeful. And I, I mean, I like that. It's like they a different also, persona. Than, it than was Bruce a different Wayne. persona, right. And yeah. so, and at this time they hadn't really split personas too much like you know what i mean and it would have yeah. felt weird if he was it would have made him feel almost like a psychopath if he did all the uh you know if he had the bipolar like he meets people like hey everybody hey and then he yeah. just goes you know i gotta agree with that Be- before john tells us we're wrong i just gotta yeah. say uh <laughs> i i do agree i feel like um i feel like that was always a reason i didn't like batman or bruce wayne you know mm. was like his right. playboy uh like lifestyle and, right. and you know, it's, it just kind of made you feel like you know he's he's so mad and embittered, and you know he's vengeance and he's he's right. fighting crime at night, and then mm. you know the next day he's like gallivanting with models and on a yeah. yacht. You know, it, it makes it hard to feel bad for. Him. And, yeah, <laughs> like, no, well, well, you <laughs> I have too yeah. much money. Oh, I'm Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> he always has the three personas. You know, he has the Playboy Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne actually, and Batman. And I like right. how. Mm-hmm. They blurred the line on the two. And the yeah. cool part, too, is I feel like Christopher Nolan, um, he kind of like, I feel like he loves James Bond more than Batman. And because he kind mm. of was like, oh, he's always said he wants to make a James Bond movie. Tenant was basically him making his, you know, timey wimey James Bond movie. Um, <laughs> and but and so mm. I feel like he tried making Bruce Wayne and Batman too much like James Bond. Like he has his gadgets. He has all that. Right. And Batman's always had his gadgets. But. I mean, he even uses them in this one all the time too, but um, I, I appreciate that he, they didn't go like, they kind of did like, like he wouldn't have that alternate personality kind of thing 
now because he's mm. a recluse and that was part of like uh falcone said it even the mayor said it a couple times like you're hard to get a hold of and uh. you're and even the the whole um the riddler even said like you know you're not an orphan because orphans you are just a boy in a tower basically so mm. i don't know it, it just i feel like uh, i like how they made that decision and i can see them in future movies kind of building off of that and introducing that persona to maybe to help but maybe it's to actually help people or i don't, I don't know it'll mm. be interesting i really appreciate uh your <laughs> points of view but they're wrong and they're wrong <laughs> i think on an individual level let's do let's take it from the, the perspective of no training if you have no training and you've been uh, thoroughly scarred thoroughly scarred you'll meet these uh these individuals uh amateurs or even professional uh fighters who have that chip on their shoulder, who are quiet, who are just get out of my way all the time. And then, uh, you know, actually, uh, Landon, you, you mentioned how Commissioner Gordon or Gordon in this, you know, is supposed to have like a frenemy uh, yeah. relationship with Batman. That's how I kind of feel like with special forces. I love those guys <laughs> like to the max. Um, of course, and a hundred percent support what they do, and um, of course, happy to support when I can support all of that. Every one of them is a cocky sob. Every <laughs> single one of them, and I, I really, th I think it's it comes from a lot of different places. And so, like, th think of it from the perspective of one: you work hard, play hard. He's dealing with so much anger; it is. It is inhuman. It's literally physically impossible to keep that. You have to have a release. And yeah. all those, a lot of people either turn to, to sex or drugs or alcohol or fighting you know, party hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you fight crime and you're so hardcore one way, <laughs> chances are in every other aspect of your life, you're also going to be that, uh, that extreme because that's the only way to counterbalance and get those endorphins. Um, the other thing is, once you've killed a couple people, especially if you're special forces, and I'm going to assume that Batman punching somebody's face into the concrete several times with a metal arm, that's killing somebody. Once, you're, <laughs> once you've gone to that place, uh, I, I feel like the confidence of, like, I cannot die. I, I, I've seen death. I've conquered death. That kind of level of confidence, when, when he goes to the funeral and he's like, mopey Batman... I was like, is that him putting on an act? Like again, the, the confidence is just going to be the extreme. Now I will say that when everybody's freaking out in the funeral and he's standing still, just observing, understanding what's going on, I feel that that was both very realistic and very unrealistic because the situational awareness would be so high that you'd probably be the first one out of there. I know I don't want to be surrounded by a, a mob of idiots like when when something goes down. Uh, seriously, but at the same time, just observing. You know, uh, we talk about when someone's stabbing people in a crowd or shooting people in the crowd, everyone starts running. I right. stand still for 10, 10 more seconds. Where's the direction of this is coming? And so I'm not running yeah. into a situation. And so like there is a, like I said, it's a, it's a lot of plausibility, but I love the fact that Batman in the cartoons, which is my favorite Batman is like, he's like, no one will ever figure out I'm the Batman because of this persona. Now, if you show up at a funeral and you're angry and you're whatever, and you also are a billionaire and you hate people, like then you might be able to like do a little bit of detective work. I don't know. So there, there's a there's a lot of good and bad there. Yeah. Well, I think Batman assumes everyone else in that 
and, and Gotham is uh, terrible at detective work and Batman yeah, is the and, only one who's, you know. Ah, that goes on to work. when you guys were on Movie R, plug for Movie R, <laughs> and we were talking about um, the uh, the Jedi being just normal people and everyone have knowing sit- no situational awareness. Yeah. That's like Batman. Yeah. Like Batman's yeah. just like, oh, hey, like, I'm just going to go this super obvious direction here for a second. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... Yeah, good call outs for sure. But anyways, that's just my perspective on it. Yeah. One cool thing in that scene um, is when he's walking and that one random guy talks to him about, you know, he goes, you know, my wife or my daughter didn't have a support system because, uh, you know, they always talk about the Gotham Renewal Fund. And uh, and he goes, it's a support system for the city. And then the guy goes, my daughter didn't have a, you know, a, 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 a support system or anything like that. And he looks at him and then, mm. you know, he finds out that he's Bruce Wayne. That guy right there is actually the guy who got his face beat in at the end from Batman, which is kind of cool. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, I noticed that um, he uh, joined the uh, joined the crowd, if you will. Uh, yeah, and even there was one yeah. other guy uh, who kind of he had like the hoodie on that. If you didn't know Paul, who Paul Dano, or if you didn't know Paul Dano mm-hmm. was the Riddler, um, like a cop touched him and he like was like, eh, and he went back into the crowd. He might have been one too, but it was kind of cool that mm-hmm. like the whole reason uh, he went. I liked in the movie how uh, Bruce Wayne, he utilized, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to, later on in the movie, he, at first he was just like, I'm Batman, I'm Batman, I don't want to be Bruce Wayne. Even when he was doing the detective mm-hmm. work, he left the uh, the eye makeup on. And right, like, he right. he didn't, he only changed because the accounting people were coming in the morning. Um, so, but <laughs> yeah, later on, you love, see by like, the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what was funny is like later on, like he went to the club. I loved how they kept going back to locations because, and that's the whole location where the Riddler was. And, um, they kept mm. going back and the first time he went into the club, he beat his way into the club. The second time he went as Bruce Wayne to talk to Falcone. And then the third time he did a more stealthy entrance where he knocked and, mm. uh, the guys went out and then he ran in and then he became bat. you know, he had his Batman stuff. Yeah. Well- yeah, I did notice that he was actually still wearing it, so he would have been massive with this little head, yeah. which I, <laughs> he I would have hilarious. Yeah, yeah n- no one's going to notice. I mean, they, yeah, they the were a at a club. Backpack so back on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they would totally allow that to happen. Sorry, guys, it's just snacks. It's movie snacks. That's all it is. Don't worry about it. In, in terms of the detective work, though, I mean, the fact that Riddler, you figure this out in the first, like, what, 20 minutes of the movie, that he keeps on going back to the same spot, and yeah. Batman keeps leaving that spot. It drives me nuts. I'm like, <laughs> dude, serial killer, terrorist, checking all the boxes for a psycho, you know, like yeah. literally doing all this stuff. Just just like do what you were doing for Catwoman instead of watching her change. <laughs> just like watch the guy drag the other people out of the club. And but you're going to catch him in no time. Yeah. Woman changing yeah. Yeah. into, you know. Okay, real talk. If I had superpowers, it would be like really hard temptation. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm married happily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Catwoman, though, I thought she did an amazing job. And um, Anne, or was it Anne Hathaway? She was mm. okay. Like, I never yeah. really liked her. But with her, I felt, and I always kind of, even in the comics, I'm a little confused. I'm like, why would Batman go with someone who's like a criminal who is a jewel thief? And he's Mr. Like upstanding, you know, yeah, vengeance. Boss citizen. Vengeance. vengeance. He's Mr. Vengeance here. And he's getting together with like a jewel thief kind of thing. So I liked how they made her more sympathetic. I like how they tied her into being the daughter of Falcone, who, which in the Batman, the long Halloween, the graphic novel, uh, that's what they borrowed that from is they were related that way. Um, and so mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool how 
they made her more sympathetic. You could kind of see she had a, like a, she was a little bit more caring about people. And I think that was one thing. One of the things that Batman really found out is that he didn't care about people. Like even the part where Catwoman goes like, look into my eye or she's all, you don't even care what happens to me. And that scene where he go, he looks at her, grabs her chin and goes, yeah, looks good. And so he, he's a sign. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I don't care about you kind of thing. And yeah. even the, the, yeah. uh, the guy who was rescued at the, um, the train station, he was afraid of Batman too. So I liked yeah. his, I liked his progression in this and I hope that he doesn't go like the next movie. He's just saving like cats out of trees kind of thing. I, I want him to keep mm. a little bit of that anger too, but at least, at least he uses it a little more smart and he can inspire people rather than, um, cause he's not, he's not Superman where who is hope, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah. But at the same <laughs> yeah. time, he's still got that darkness, but he wants to help people and make it better rather than, I guess, stop caring about everyone around him. And because before he was just out to hurt the people and now he's like, oh, well, I would need to protect this city and it's my city kind of thing. Yeah, I don't I don't think Va- Batman ever goes after people who are nonviolent criminals. He mm-hmm. always goes after people who are hurting other people. And seriously, like think about yeah. like the Joker, Penguin, Riddler, Falcon, like whoever it is. It's these horrible, like horrible people who are trying to hurt horrible people. Right. He yeah. doesn't really go after like the petty thief who's just trying to like survive. And because he recognizes right. the city is crumbling. Right. I thought she was the best cat woman to date, like by far. By far. By um, far. She was definitely more when felineman. Fe- fe- no, no, feline, she was. <laughs> I have, unfortunately, uh, like it pains my heart i love my wife so much but because of her we have two cats and i hate these cats with all of my heart (laughs) but like even as a guy who hates cats and batman uh, batman and i are like oh we're tight because we both hate cats apparently (laughs) but like when the cat like rubs up you're like okay you stupid cat like i still love you um but then like 10 seconds later the cat just wants to scratch you and like murder you in your sleep yeah yeah. You know, so like I feel like it's the same way. I feel like he's he recognizes she's a dangerous person who needs to change, but uh, but still needs I, I cuddles every once did. in a while. Yeah, yeah. But, but, when she kissed him, actually, I thought that was like perfectly well done. The way they did that, like he allowed it to happen, but you know all that stuff. So the way she kissed him too at the end, she broke it off like moving her mouth up, kind of like that. So she's this like oh, seductress, yeah. and mm-hmm. you're like, wait, is she manipulating him? Does she care for him? Is because she completely the reason she did that too. I mean, maybe a little bit of everything. Um, You're a ding in his metal outfit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's funny because at the very end where they're saying goodbye, you can tell like he wants to kiss her, but he won't do it, kind of thing. And um, yeah, it's so I love that it had this great tension between the two of them. And a lot of people commented that I heard that that last drive between where they're riding motorcycles side and side, they're like, oh, it felt a little excessive. But I I thought it encapsulated their relationship personally like they that was great they kind of catch up next to each other and he looks back and he's always kind of looking back and yeah but then he he had a mission and you know his first love was the city and trying to do better yeah and it was kind of informal as an informal parting it was pretty formal i mean they met at a grave he's He's all hey i mean uh, the motorcycle part like you know safe okay hey they, they weren't yeah. close when they parted, you know, parted ways. They were, they were both kind of like on their own paths, you know, di- yeah. diverging I, in the end. I like how she noted that his first love was the city. Yeah. And I thought that was a great way to like, say like, it's me or the job. And ultimately he had to choose the job. 
And I th- obviously he made the right call there. Good job, Bat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I can't but, see him knocking off hedge fund owners or something like that, where I'm like, yeah, Batman wouldn't do that. I, I can't see him, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, he doesn't need to. I mean, yeah. he's freaking rich, right? That's so true. true. He can eat blueberries out of a out of a gold uh, out of a gold bowl. Jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Man, what a great movie for sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it was it was definitely a great movie. I think we all uh, <laughs> we've all talked about how great it was, and I think now's a great opportunity, John. We've we've kind of touched on some things here and there, uh, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the movie, but I think uh, now's a, a great opportunity for us to hear from a realistic standpoint and from mm-hmm. an emergency uh, emergency manager standpoint, you know, what what things were not so you know grounded realistic yeah so this is uh, this is good so there's definitely you're you're definitely gonna have some crowds gonna be like emergency manager so let me explain like kind of what emergency management does and that might help like set the context so there's lots of types of emergency managers out there it's kind of a generic term it's like saying you're in business Uh, there's some emergency managers who work on mitigation and they work for the government and it's all about big projects like turning flood zones into parks and then there's the emergency managers who help out with response, which is kind of what I do. And that strategic level of moving all, all the parts together. And uh, even within that, there's a subset of dealing with man-made events. Some may claim that there's a difference between man-made and technological events. Those people are stupid. But essentially, um, you can deal with the natural disaster side and you can deal with the, the man-made or man-caused side, whether it's unintentional or otherwise. And I've had the opportunity to work in both of those fields. So looking at it from like purely a response, strategic level, operational kind of uh, level um, instead of the tactics. So I won't dive into like how he did it, but I'll I'll talk about like the what. Yeah. So from an overall detective standpoint, this is some of the worst detective work I've ever seen. (laughs) I know like other people love it, but like it was it wasn't driving me crazy because I love the movie so much. And Hans just I was left. like, okay, <laughs> yeah, Hans, Hans is gone. <laughs> I'm out. Like again, you know, you know where the the, the terrorist is is killing people. You know, he's right. a serial killer. You know that there there's a connection there, and he's trying to figure out the connection through the through the movie. And I get that, but the fact that he can figure out the riddles when nobody else can figure out the riddles, meaning he's done his work, he's understand and he understands profiling different types of domestic terrorism. This guy was checking like all the boxes. You know, Hans, you know, at the beginning, like they even based it off of kind of the, the Zodiac killer. Right? right. And so it's like, okay, this guy is an MO. Let's follow the MO. The fact that um, he's using an internet connection to connect with people, as much as they want to claim that VPNs are phenomenal, you can track that down, <laughs> especially for how much he talks online. Like there was not a single law enforcement person who figured out that like this guy's constantly streaming. Right. Like th- there was, <laughs> there's a, there was a lot of check boxes, like literally just like looking around and like, Oh, the guy's in the window watching it, You can actually notice that in one part of the scene. I think Hans even noted that to me. Yeah. Um, and so there, there was that. Then the next really big one that drives me crazy. And I think we talked about this a little bit before offline is uh, this is a major spoiler. Obviously, the rest of it's a major spoiler. But <laughs> when the car rams uh, the funeral, so yeah. just to understand like how physical, <laughs> yeah. So 
just to understand like how physical security works. When most people hear physical security, they think of security guards and cameras. But we put in other things. You'll see a bench or a flower pot in front of a building, and you think that bench looks like a bench or the flower pot is a, uh, a flower pot. You don't understand that there's 2,000 pounds or 4,000 pounds. That's a 4,000 pound fl- flower pot. Huh. It's specifically designed so that cars can't ram. The fact that you, you can see Batman pull up into the funeral and there's no side street going straight up. People right. have to walk up. So to be able to get the speed and to, to <laughs> ramp up would have been impossible. He would have run, run into point. either the, the physical barricade or the stairs. He wouldn't have gotten up. Or um, have been really good at drifting. I mean, amazing drifter. <laughs> and, and for like what, for what he that had. Speed. He's fast and Batman's furious. I mean, there you go. It's a crossover. Mm-hmm. What yeah. a great crossover. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like when they're actually, this is like the scene that, well, there's two scenes that really drive me nuts, but this is one of them. When he's actually in there, and I thought he was incredibly, bra- I'm talking about Batman, incredibly yes. brave. Let's, let's, let's talk about the, the fact that the car gets in there. It wouldn't get in there, but the fact that the car gets in there and uh, everybody runs away, Batman, doof, doof, doof. it's an awesome scene. But then he gets up there and the guy's like, I'm going to die anyways. I can't give this information up. Why didn't you blow yourself up before you got, you know, you potentially <laughs> hurt all these other people, you moron. Right. Yeah. And then the other, ha- like, what, what was he threatening him with? Right. He, he was already going to murder him and everybody he knew anyways. He said, he said so, uh, his family and everyone he loved and knew basically would, would have gotten killed. But, but that's kind of unrealistic too. It's when someone tells a kid like, I'll don't tell your parents or I'll murder, you know, cause I'll murder them and I'll murder everyone. And they're just like, okay. So yeah, it, it did feel a little naive on the, on his part. Nobody told me I that. Gave as my, good, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. No one told me. Either, <laughs> oh, maybe it was just me. I don't know. I gave my son a chocolate chip. He only gets chocolate chips. He's learning how to use the bathroom. He only gets chocolate chips if he uses the ba- the, the, to- the toilet, right? But I, and he's I, 16, we were in the right? yeah, he's he's twenty three. Okay, okay. Oh. Just one, yeah. um, <laughs> he wears glasses and a big mask, and he's like he's always screaming. That's very normal. Very normal. So, anyways, like I I gave him a chocolate chip one time, and I was like, shh, just between you and me, he's three. <laughs> just between you and me, you get a chocolate chip. He's so excited, and I was like, shh, don't tell mommy. He's like, okay. Don't tell mommy. He immediately comes out of the pantry and says, mommy, I can't tell you. I just got a chocolate chip from daddy. And I'm like, you? I'm like, so she, you know, so no more chocolate chips for that kid. No. It, and so your point is shows now that, like, the lesson is snitches get stitches and snitches get stitches. Well, okay. He still gets more chocolate chips because I love him. But you could say a chocolate chip for a chocolate chip. If you poop out a little chocolate chip, I'll give you a chocolate chip. <laughs> That's basically what it is. It gets two chocolate chips every time he poops on the uh, the toilet, which is fantastic, by the way. Yeah. Talk about a, a metaphor. It's like taking the brown out with the brown out. A number two for a two. <laughs> two for two. Yeah, I even think about the number. Jeez. Anyways, like thinking about that aspect of like, I'm going to hurt everybody else and literally not telling anybody else or like having the phone on you. There, there's all that whole aspect. But my my big problem is, you know, if you look at an IED, Sorry, an improvised explosive device, yeah. or you're trying to uh, take care of an active assailant, which covers active shooters and bomb threats, that kind of stuff. Um, you don't walk up there without the proper gear. As brave as Batman is, um, it was a pretty it was a pretty bad move, not only for himself, uh, but the idea that he's becoming this icon that people can say like, okay, he's a safe guy. 
where was bomb squad where was you know whatever like when the explosion goes off he's literally within a foot and you see him like trying to cover himself so that's yeah, just he, like a they, basic they show him flying back like this that but means again that, that wouldn't have stopped anything it means nothing well first yeah. of all you have two two problems you have the explosion a fireball ow right <laughs> which would have burned up his face because his actual like half of his face isn't co- covered in his eyes well yeah, he's got you know he's got the smolder which is you know that's that's fireproof the, the smolder force field maybe he was high, he was fire inside yeah that's right he's, <laughs> he's like i am fire i am vengeance. fire and vengeance well he's not a freaking shockwave that's for sure <laughs> like that's the other thing so like when an explosion happens it it pulls out all the air and, and gravity actually and sucks it all back in hmm. and when it sucks it all back in if you don't have the proper gear you can look totally fine and your organs will just be decimated inside. Your, your, your body can't handle that. So there was a, he, he would have been dead. Like they, they should have just like ended the movie right there. It's like Batman died, you know, a few funerals <laughs> in a day. But um, yeah, like that was, that was a big problem for me. In their defense. I mean, he's not human. He's vengeance, you know, so he's not going to, he doesn't have regular organs like everyone else does. Yeah, I I do wonder why they didn't make him use his cape or something like that. You know, at least he could have used the cape and then they're like, oh, well, it's uh, something. You know, they could have come up with some. It's a special cape. Right. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's a magic cape. I wish they would just cut through the the BS and just start saying that. It's a special cape. They don't have to use technology or or terms. It's magic. That's science, family. That's science. Yeah. There's there's a. Like, like, that's like the, the funny thing is like. Uh, highlighting the detective work and showing the plausibility of like, you're trying to figure it as you go. He's essentially a team of two, but he's really a team of one. And um, talk about exhausting, like even mentally exhausting that is. And then you have the compounded issue of, of actually you're, you're not just the detective side, but you're also doing, you're the, you're the violent actor, right? You're the person stopping it head on. And so like, I get like a lot of things slip through the trap, the cracks, but that scene's not happening. And then them leaving out the penguin, penguin dies there. Like penguins need water. Like wait, wait, also wait. humans need Although water. First, it is raining all the time in Gotham. Uh, it's I just open his mouth he a little bit, kind. get a little sip. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> I, I did love. I did love how they did. They tied that in where he was. He has legs and his hands tied. He was oh, waddling, yeah. waddling like a penguin a uh, when he was like, oh, "Hey, clever. get back here!" And I gotta say, he. He was so good as the penguin. Like he was almost oh, indistinguishable. Man. You couldn't even tell who that was. Like most people, you could see it in the eyes and you're like, I know who he is a little bit, but I love the scars on him. Like mm. when he smiles, it was so evil. And he looked like had that like penguin nose and I it was so yeah. well. They couldn't have cast a nobody because then they'd be like, Hey man, I was penguin in the Batman, and they're like, they're like No, so you what? weren't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you what, weren't. That, that was so a good point. What's funny is I, I was listening to an interview uh, with Matt Reeves, and he was saying that so Colin Farrell had, was in a role where he had to gain a lot of weight uh, immediately before mm. this, and he met with him, and he goes, "Oh wow, that weight looks great on you. I, we want you to keep it on here, or you know, for the new movie because we want Penguin to be kind of overweight, and because he's he's overweight." Yeah. And Colin Farrell was like, "I just don't feel good when I'm this weight," oh, and he's, man. and so they ended up. He's all well. Let's get maybe see if we can get a fat suit. We'll look at have the people do it. And so the people had mm. a life model of, or a model of him and they put the uh, the makeup and the prosthetics on that model and they were so blown away and they're like, okay, well, yeah, That's let's, crazy. let's, let's just do, the, you know, the fat suit kind of thing. And it, 
It was indistinguishable. I saw an interview actually with him talking about him going on just on the set and it was the director or somebody like high up in the production, like try to kick him off the set and got mad at him. <laughs> they didn't know who he for, like, was. Some random dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's and uh, crazy. the producer was like, that's Colin Farrell. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> no, I, didn't, it's not. I didn't recognize him as Colin Farrell. Like he was, man, he was so good. I, I will say that despite the scenarios, like so many people are dying in all those scenarios. They're not coming back from that. Yeah, like the plausality. You have the basically your number two guy who's very good at staying number two, sees an opportunity to become that that the top guy. Uh, you see the Riddler, Catwoman, and uh, Penguin. A realistic version of what that would look like. How many times do we see Bane? Even like you talking about the, the previous Batman movies. Bane has never been realistic to me. Like the scenarios have never been realistic. Batman yeah. breaking his back and coming back. That. Sorry, bro. That's that's not happening. That's not going to happen. Um, I do know a guy, oddly enough, on another plug, Disaster Tough, uh, interviewed William Jackson, who I called Jack. Um, he was a uh, paratrooper, and they were doing an exercise, and they his they do a, they come out on on either side of the plane, and he went under the plane. They smacked, got twisted up, and they did a free fall from like oh. seven thousand oh, feet. Geez. Wow. And uh, yeah, they opened up, they got untangled. They opened up a hundred feet above the ground God. and just slowed it down enough where it broke his back. Jack is freaking jacked. Like he's, he's walks, he can do the whole deal now. And the guy is massive. Like he is huh. so wow. ripped. I'm like, okay, but that also took him like 15 years. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, Batman just needed a few months. Well, you know? that, that bugged me he in the dark Batman. night too. When, when he got, when he, uh, Joker threw Rachel out the window and he grabs it and then his cape doesn't fully activate and they land on a car and they look, he's like, are you okay? She's like, Boom. yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> Falling he's from like, 30 uh, feet. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the, that's the other side of this though. Like, there's all types of people who do special forces. And I'm, I'm considering Batman as this, our special forces character. You can right. be big, you can be small, you can be whatever. Um, but to be able to do the stuff that he did on a consistent level. Yeah. I can see why are he doing some of this stuff, but you're not beating people, right? Like you're not. Right. So like his size, like when they showed his back, and like try to make him look big, and I was like, "No, dude, that guy is scrawny." Yeah, um, that like yeah. that like I'm like, well, you didn't need that scene, but at the same time, like um, I think they were trying to show more thin, of the scars, more of the scars than how big he is. All I could see is his shoulder, these giant yeah. shoulder blades. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it, what's cool though is um, show they, Catwoman again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one cool thing, even even when Batman and Catwoman were fighting, I loved how how competent she was and how good she was and how agile. But at the same time, Batman's like dodging it because a lot of times I feel in movies when they're like, they're like, this character is so good that they have, she has to beat Batman. And you're like, no, mm. it doesn't have to be that. They kind of, he, they kind of found their equal kind of thing rather than, you yeah. know, making one character lesser to make another character better. It made it like when I saw that, I was like, well, they're both, they're both awesome. You know, so it was, it was pretty cool how they had that little dance and him th like pinning her on the desk was pretty cool too. And she did that like little yeah. bite at him kind of thing. I will say like mm -hmm. th that was a kind of another thing that I liked about it too, that, uh, you know, just sort of the, how he wasn't the typical Batman, you know, and, and to your point, Hans too, like in combat or when he's fighting, like, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. I would think to be a little bit more of a agile person or, you know, have a little bit yeah. less, you know, giant muscles, but well, uh, you can't, you can't build up, um, 
you can't build up certain muscles in your chest because you actually can't swing. Like you literally won't have enough momentum right, right. to do that. So even if you look at boxers, like like the the really big guys, like a lot of heavy chest, but on the sides they don't. They need to have that momentum. And so, right. like I said, that's, that's true. I have of, that. I have that problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah me, me too. Pets, but yeah. let's just uh, let's um, just move on. <laughs> but like it, it, it does show. Like different different body types, different characters can definitely do it for sure. One yeah. one cool thing is they borrowed. I mean, because Robert Pattinson's not a big guy. I mean, he's tall, which is kind of cool, but he's not a super huge guy. Um, but that kind of harkens back to a lot of the '70s movies that they were referencing. Like Clint Eastwood wasn't a big guy, you know. Uh, like even like hmm. in the older movies, like James Dean wasn't a big guy. So they had and uh, Clint Eastwood. They used him as a reference a lot of times. If you watch the Batman it, next time how he responds is very Clint Eastwood. Like that's why he calls everybody just, punk all the time. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. But he he kind of has that. He kind of talks like this, like, you know, he's kind of, Oh yeah. yeah, has yeah. That, Pulls like, out his 357 long yeah. barrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even, like, even like when, me, punk? Even yeah. when <laughs> he knocks over uh, the penguin and penguins upside down and he's slowly walking and you can see his boots. That's very yeah, much yeah. good, bad uh, and the ugly. Um, that totally makes mm. sense. Very much kind of a Western. And they even had the little twang in yeah. there, the, like the wow. Yeah. And yeah. speaking of the music was so good. Um, I thought the music was, I loved the, like the horror uh, kind of like trombone kind of thing that they had in there every once in a while. Um, the mm. strings for Catwoman, it was almost a little jazzy um, yeah. and it very like seductive and, you know, it kind of matched Selena's like very seductive, like the way she would walk. And right. I don't know. It was really cool. Well, one thing we haven't talked about is the car scene. What did you guys think about the car scene? I mean, it was action and there was explosions. So it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, when I saw that scene, I thought family and I, I, <laughs> I saw Vin Diesel just going, ramming his car right next to him, jumping. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. No, but no, I, I loved it. I lo- it was so cool. Man, Batman has, this is probably my second, I don't know, maybe it's my even my favorite car that they've used in Batman. Yeah. My yeah. favorite car in all of uh cinema, TV show or otherwise, is actually the the car in Burn Notice. The like nineteen seventies charger. Oh, interesting. Um, I don't think I've ever this, seen this yeah. one was kind of similar, or, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, again, it was like kind of this like retro feeling uh Muscle car. car that he they souped up. There, there was some things about this that, uh, well, they didn't show the aftermath, right? I, I liked how the penguin expected. You're not going to mention like how everyone died, right? Because I, I don't think that's oh, a big no. deal. It's no, like, you know, Batman fine. killed everybody. He I mowed mean, they were everyone extras. down. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he like, life so it was, um, it was the penguin who flipped the tanker, right? Oh, let's talk yeah. about the tanker for a second. Tankers don't explode like that. Um, in movies they, they do what yeah they do <laughs> well even you know? in in the dark night uh uh in the dark night remember when joker had the um the semi truck flipped like that like that was like impossible yeah. to do and they had to do all this wiring to to make it like that but yeah make yeah. it like that yeah so i would say the explosion the way the explosion explosions obviously can happen we saw that you know fairly recently with the walmart warehouse right like things can happen Waco, Texas, things can happen. But anything can happen um, at Walmart. <laughs> anything can happen. Well, very that, true. That one was a fertilizer plant, but like I got a, I got yeah, a tattoo there's, of there's that. Definitely anything some, can happen at Walmart. <laughs> and I hope you do Spirit have a slogan. tattoo of that. I see some pretty sick tattoos on your arms, by the way. Yeah, that's yeah. right here. Anything can happen. 
Walmart. Right there. At Walmart. Um, you and Dave Chappelle should do a, a, um, a special together. Yes. His uh, thing on Walmart is hilarious. Um, oh, it was good. Yeah. So I don't know, like the the car scene for me, that's probably where I'm least experienced on. But at, at the same time, showing how like they, they, they upped the stress of trying to weave within traffic right. in a fairly realistic way. Like lots of times they'll do it like against traffic on the highway. Oh yeah. And I'm like, you're getting a car accident within like 10 seconds. <laughs> Immediately. You, you, yeah. you mentioned tenant people. Are, Hello. You're, you're on the highway. People that, that 16 year old kid will, will have tunnel vision and barrel right for your car. <laughs> the, like you see cop cars getting hit all the time for pulling people over and people are like, Oh, is that a cop car? You know, like you're in the headlights. Yeah. So that's not happening, but people weaving in and out, definitely plausible. Um, I don't know about the possibility of ramping something. I actually thought this is the first time in this movie where I've, where it shows how quick he's able to think because he's about to just get destroyed and he sees his one window of opportunity. He doesn't know if it's going to work out and um, that happens, but then he gets out like 60 feet away from the other car. Um, right. I'm like, dude, just kill the penguin already. Just like yeah. go up there, <laughs> pop him in the head. Yeah, I'm a baller. And how yeah, did you know I, at um, that point that the penguin was even gonna live? You know, like, right? I, I would have been more yeah. surprised if I got out of the car and I'm like, oh, he's all right. He's still alive. He did check on him though. At the end, he's gonna feel like a moron in about five years when he when he comes up to the penguin, like when penguins like the penguin, and he's like, oh, I. Had, I had a chance to kill you five years ago, like multiple times, and I didn't do it. Oops. All these other people are dead now because of you. But that's always been the thing with Batman is he will not kill. And so he keeps putting him away and they keep coming back. So there's even been comics that um, one of the Robins uh, had been killed by the Joker. And then he came back through some like resin. It was uh, the talent, the pits from the uh, Ra's al Ghul kind of, you know, from Batman begins, there's like a eternal life pit mm. that they've been doing and it. So obviously this spot. is comic books. Yeah. So he comes, the mm. Robin comes back to life and basically goes crazy and is kind of upset. Like, why wouldn't you try killing the Joker? Because he'll never stop. And also, you know, I thought you would have killed the Joker because of what mm. he did to me. And so he kind of got, became a vigilante to Batman in that way. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's always that thing with Batman is like, he's For always, sure. it's funny. Like even the Batman that have passed, like he'll never kill the main boss, but he has no problem killing henchmen, which was kind of funny. It was like, your life matters, the mastermind, but this henchman who exactly you know, opposite, right? Yeah. Right, right. I my favorite my favorite fan theory is that Batman figures out time travel. Have you heard this one? I'm sure you have. I have he figures that. out time travel and he goes back in time and to save his parents. And he's waiting for the Joker to show up and nobody shows up and nobody shows up and he realizes that he has to kill his parents. So that oh, he damn. can become Batman to save all these other people from everybody else. And um, he kills his own parents and it drives him crazy so much that he becomes the Joker. Uh, so and um, that is like my favorite theory because that's so messed up. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, John, on After Five, we uh, like to kind of wrap things up by talking about the, the things that we're really excited about. TV shows, music, mm-hmm. movies, you know, all that good stuff, video games. So uh, why don't you tell us uh, what you're what you're looking forward to in the coming weeks? Yeah, so um, 
this is my now my third shameless plug uh, for Movie R because you guys uh, are on Movie R. I had the awesome opportunity to talk about Star Wars, Star Wars with you guys, and so um, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm also looking for the actual Obi Wan Kenobi uh, series to come out. That's huge. Yeah, I will say I, we brought up The Witcher a little bit earlier. Man, that was like my favorite. The Witcher. That's like my <laughs> favorite game. Um, yeah. So Which one, number three. I, I don't know if there's ever going to be a game that can number three. Yeah, The Witcher three. Um, so I'm loving the series that come out on that. Again, that's another series one. Uh, Doctor Strange movies coming out. There's a lot of like superhero. Again, from a guy who's like none of this will ever happen. <laughs> it's fun to kind of sit back and watch and kind of yeah. laugh at the the ridiculousness reality of it for a little for, bit, right? For sure. Yeah. What about you, Hans? Um, I yeah, the same thing. I'm looking forward to uh, Moon Knight. Um, I think that's coming out really soon. Um, Obi Wan. Uh, there's mm. a new Kirby game for the Switch, uh, which looks pretty cool. It's like a platformer mm. 3D game. Uh, it's their new Spider Spider's Man, the animated uh, Miles. Uh, what is it? The multiverse or oh yeah, uh, that one's coming yeah. this year, oh, yeah. uh, which is crazy. Um, and also Black Adam is coming out very soon too. So oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, a lot of lot of stuff coming out. Black so, Adam. Yeah, Af- we African American, American Adam, Adam so. as we refer to him. <laughs> right, he's not either of those. He's <laughs> Samoan. Samoan Adam. Yeah. Well, I think he's. I think he's part. I mean, black. I have a great story about him. Thing, by the way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. There's there's a joke that anytime a superhero is black, you need to have the word black in it. Otherwise, people don't know. I mean, come on. It's like, <laughs> how are people going to know? Adam is from Africa. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. It should have just been like Panther. You know, Black Black Panther was one of my favorite Marvel movies. I mean, it's totally sad that the actor, uh, you know, passed yeah, away from that. Chadwick, but... Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Yeah. Boseman. Yeah. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. There's a lot of good save. I would say at the end of the year, I'm most excited for by far out of anything that I could watch on TV live or otherwise. Christmas. Watching Christmas on TV <laughs> before that, there is an early Christmas that will happen in November. Ohio State getting revenge on Michigan. For those who are those heathens might say Michigan, Ugh, that team up north. Uh, we had like a 20 year run on them and then like they got one win and they feel pretty sweet about themselves. So it's time to put them back in their place. I'm so sorry. This is the wrong. You're on the wrong podcast. <laughs> this is the one about the nerd stuff. Uh, you can edit that out, right? You can edit yeah, that out, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Guys, hey, hey, by the way, thank you so much for having me on your show and uh, kind of talking about... I mean, I don't know if we even got to the, the Landon's ideas, but who cares? We yeah. had a great time. I heard... It's not the point. Is, you know? uh, <laughs> it's, it's after five. We talk about whatever we want to talk about here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You understand the spirit of the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on and uh talking about batman definitely an yeah, awesome movie coming, to talk man. about yeah yeah it's been cool thanks, yeah thanks for, for sure. coming for sure and uh yeah it's been a pleasure definitely getting a realistic perspective on this too you know we you know we we kind of poke holes in movies every once in a while too but uh you know we we mm. tend to focus on the cooler aspects of things and not re- you know not necessarily the uh, a- accurate who needs <laughs> the cooler anyways emergency no management is cool <laughs> Yeah, yeah disaster response is cool, sir. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I didn't mean no, to. No, it's okay. It. I'm hopefully only super offended. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, Hopefully, we didn't isolate any, uh, you know, aspiring emergency managers. Yes, some firefighters out there just crying inside right now. <laughs> and that's the last <laughs> time I'm listening to this podcast. 
He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put out this fire with all these tears. Um, yeah, He's, uh, they're crossing our names off of like lists for like if anything happens to our houses. They're like, right. nope, not going there. And that one's gonna burn. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, we appreciate you coming on too, um, John. Is there anything you want to share with our viewers? Uh, any anything that they should check out? Yeah, for sure. So last and, and final plug, I'm actually going to flip the script a little bit and talk about the readiness lab. The readiness lab is a podcast network that I'm a part of. I'm, I'm a host on two of the many shows on there, but if you are interested in emergency services, uh, there's a lot of really great content or you're just emergency preparedness minded. There's all there's, there's content for professionals and for people who are just interested in this stuff. And Obviously, a movie R, movie after action review, movie AAR is the one that Landon and Hans were on. Lando and Han Solo for that episode, <laughs> I was Obi John Kenobi. Yes, it was a lot of fun. So on movie R, like basically we do here what I was talking about and poking holes in kind of the plot and the disaster kind of stuff, but we do it even on like a, I would say a more punny, more lighthearted way even. And so, yeah, check it out. Uh, check out their episode. Like, subscribe to their show. Like, them, subscribe to my show. And, um, you know, check out the Readiness Lab. I think that covers everyone's plugs. So thank you. Thank yeah. you, for John, for, uh, you know, plugging our podcast. Yours. I've done this once <laughs> or twice. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you kind of hurt me. You hurt me like real bad here. But, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's fine. No, for sure. I was basically just trying to imply this podcast is, you know, we talk about the more fun stuff. Is <laughs> Yeah. No, more fun stuff. Yeah. Even, even Batman said that, you know, the scars, the scars, they heal and, and you grow from them and you become hope after the scars heal. That's basically the movie. Yeah. Don't step in an IED. Those, yeah. those scars do not heal. No, yeah. no, no. Some scars no. don't heal. <laughs> No, truly. Yeah, some uh, scars don't heal. I, I, I do have to say, I've truly been a, a fan of movie A. Uh, excuse me, movie R uh, since the beginning. Uh, and uh, we, we did uh, myself and my my uh, the co owner of our our graphic design company, CJ. We helped uh, John brand the podcast. But aside from that, truly it's super cool. I yeah. checked it out and love it. Uh, I, I watch every episode. Uh, they're super fun to watch. Pretty quick episodes, really digestible, uh, unlike our, you know, two hour long episodes, but um, definitely check it out. Uh, it's it's a great show. And, uh, you know, keep listening to us. We appreciate it. Yeah. You, you don't have to listen to one or the other. I'm going to say that. <laughs> no, you do. Choose. Yeah, yeah, you choose. Flip a coin like uh, the one like villain we didn't talk about. Yeah. Two-Face. Yeah. Like you don't even have to like our content. It will just mm -hmm. be beautiful to look at because of Landon and uh, CJ3PO. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, thanks again well done yeah. hey it was our pleasure yeah. and again it was our pleasure uh talking to you as well and uh thank you again john so much for joining us thank you listeners for for listening and uh yeah check us out for the next episode which will uh release eventually take it easy bye